been reliably informed this is episode 52. Um, we've got Mercia Dean and Lou Hutton, two female footballers. Um, absolute pleasure to have you on board. And it's quite relevant because this time last year we were talking about the European Championships, the men's, and obviously with England doing so well with the women's, yeah, we'll have the opportunity to have a chat about that as well. Yeah, so welcome girls. Yeah, nice to see you, Ben. Cheers. So what, 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 what was your feelings about the Euros and how well we did? Proud. Really, really proud. Yeah? How where England have come in the last, even in the last six, seven years. Yeah. But certainly in the last ten. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Do you, do you think that's due to the game progressing generally? I think it's all to do with the players now getting better coaching. Yeah. They're professional, they're training full time. You know, when I was still playing, I remember when Fulham turned professional, yeah. they were adding shoulders above everybody else. Not necessarily because of the players, but because they were training every day and and, and they were getting professional coaching. Yeah, they yeah, they, they they raised the bar, didn't they? Yeah. You know, and um they brought the Norwegian in, didn't they? And they just went. I thought they were just different. full of internationals. I remember, and they were I mean, so bloody tall. <laughs> Can you remember when we were, we were going against it? I, I, why I started smirking as soon as you said Fulham is because I remember Rico, his greatest moment, decided to play um, R. Kelly, the greatest, before we went out to play him. We lost 6-2, or we were 6-2 down. Was this, for, was this for Rovers ladies? Yeah. yeah. And they, they did this corner routine where they stuck everybody, and I mean everybody, it was like six or seven players on our keeper. So you can imagine you've got six or seven players, and they scored from that corner how many too many times in that game. But you just couldn't deal with them because the height of them, you just I mean, yeah, couldn't get anywhere they near were, them. They were big and physical. But I remember we also brought... Do you remember the Americans we brought over? Yeah. Yeah. Like they were, they were super fit. They weren't particularly good at football. Yeah, but they're still the top team in America, though, weren't they? In the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. Up, they're up there definitely. Mm. You know, yeah. But at one time it was really only the Americans and the Canadians, maybe, that yeah. were, you know, that was almost a national sport for women. Yeah. It wasn't for the men, but for the women, it was soccer. Yeah, and the, and the scholarship program in the states was massive, wasn't mm. it, for 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 girls. And that was your route if you wanted to play football and you wanted to go somewhere. Most people aiming to get a scholarship in America, get your tuition pay, paid for, come back and get a job because playing professional wasn't an option. So going to America in some form was your best bet. Even I was too early for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you were saying about the football kicking off, for me, that I noticed a difference from the Olympics. So when they did the British team, it was the first time that the st I know it was because it was the Olympics, but they had the stadiums with football. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wow. And then after that, it seemed like it, it just kick-started women's football. Then obviously the, the founding of the Super League made such a difference. And I think it was just simply giving it that name, the Super League, like making it like it was something more than just women's football. And then it's people would like the interest, because for years, the only time you could ever watch women's football was the FA Cup. Yeah. So the FA Cup final was the only game that was ever televised. Like, oh God, I don't know when they started there. It was always on Bank Holiday Monday, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was always on Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, but... On BBC Two. 
I, and the, the fact that kids are now and boys, young boys, wearing female footballers' names on the right? back of their shirts. Yeah. When I seen that, I was like, that just shows so, you yeah. how far it's come. And the, like, I know people sort of like poo-poo women punditry, but I just look at it as like my nephews will have grown up watching women comment on football and not just like football, football whether it's men's football women's football they're commenting on men's football so they're seeing women give their opinion and their opinion being valid and listened to about men's football so if they've yeah. grown up seeing that to them it's no different women know just as so much about football as what men know I can remember the, the big uproar when there was a woman commentating on yeah. football oh yeah but to be fair, back in our day playing, it was a big thing when we had a woman linesman or a woman referee. Like, we got a woman linesman, like, what's she know about football? <laughs> so I mean, but that was, again, that was 30, 40 years ago, whatever it was. So like Wendy Tom, whenever yeah. first night I can yeah. remember. But like you said, it was a different thing because it, it is traditional. It was football yeah. things. This was interesting getting you in and see how you started sort of journey playing football because I got a daughter, nearly 30, but she played football and then she got to a certain age. I was going there and watching her and, you know, I think I took charge of the team for a bit and then it just, well, she got to 13, 14 and it just fizzled, you know? So you've got to be... To go on, I think, and play regular and for years and years after school sort of age, you've got to really love it, haven't you? Yeah. So, what, I mean, what got you into football? I mean, was it I, a passion you've always liked football? I don't, my you know. showed me this picture. I'm probably about 18 months old and football's as big as me and i got a football in my hand. Mm. And I can't ever remember not playing football. Uh, at junior school, I had to pretend I was a boy because I was the best player in the school. And I played in the, in the school team, but I was called Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I played in, in the playground, but come PE, I had to go off and play netball rounders. Mm. Why did I play football? And then over the... Because like, there was no structure at all for, mm. for girls. Did you have brothers that played and stuff? Yeah. And, what? and we'd, we'd go over, over the field, like we did when my age, go over and you'd pick teams. I always got picked before my brother, yeah. which he hated. <laughs> Mm. And, and you just played, but then I think I was about, I was doing loads of sports, I was doing athletics, I was county swimmer, lots of stuff, and then I was 11, I was over the swim baths and I just seen this little poster saying, women's team, it's top rank, and it was it was just women that worked in the top rank bingo hall, right. but that was the first time I'd seen a women's team, and it was like trials over Whitchurch Sports Centre, I was 11, and I went over, and to be honest, I was the only one who knew how to play the game. Mm. And so on the Sunday, I played, I was 11, played up against people that looked like Russian chop burrs. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, there wasn't no age. Like, no. There weren't, now, I think you've got to be 14 to play for a women's yeah. team, haven't you? Well, I'm 16, oh, they, changed yeah, they, they changed it. They changed it to 16. It used to be 14 a generation ago. Well, I was playing with, with, with big women at 11, like, just getting it all over the place See, when I was a kid we had a, a girl who used to play with us all the time she was good uh, funny how she commented on one of our podcasts Maureen Guy she was as good as all of us as a kid do you know what I mean she was really good and you didn't think as kids you don't seem to think like that do you girls and boys it was just who's in the team who's football who's who playing against but um, i got to be honest I never really followed women's football loads I remember the Fulham team and I think I got a little, watched it a bit or got into a little bit and I knew he was running the Bravers but I remember, like you said, that America playing in the... Was it just before the pandemic? They beat England, didn't they, in the yeah. semi-final? I thought, oh, same old England, wasn't it, you know? <laughs> but this Euros, and then seeing the crowds they got, but even then, I couldn't believe they played it at some 
small ground, didn't they? Was it MK Dons or something like that? We're playing. Yeah, there's only the one Central was in Trafford, wasn't it? And yeah, and then the Wembley, and they, the Wembley was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, it what was the nice. Well, it was like the massive old-fashioned FA Cup final day, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, everyone was you know watching it and loving it, and well, to be honest, and it was hot the edge of the seat stuff as well. <laughs> <but they're>, so. <laughs> I think my route to football is a little bit different, I guess, because my my mum was one of. But she had three brothers. She had a son first, and then she had me, which she was really excited about. She had a little girl, so she took me to ballet. Didn't like it. Took me to tap. Didn't like it. Tried judo. Didn't like it. So one day I went up to her and I was like, "Go, I want to play football." I was seven, so she was like, "It would be the same as ever for now. Just take her. She'll do a session and she'll be finished." And I did the session. It was with Rovers, and then I was like, "She was like, are you going back next week?" Yeah. I want to go back and she was gutted when they said yeah because she just thought oh it'd be another thing I'd take her to and she wouldn't want to do it but I stuck to it my brother played so I'd always sort of, I used to follow him everywhere like I was his sheep basically so I think that's probably why I went into football so should, should we give him a mention Tommy Hutton no not really no not really um, he was a good footballer didn't have he needed my mentality if he had yeah. my mentality, he'd have got somewhere, and I needed his skill. So if we had a mix of two of us together, we probably would have been. So what position it. did you take? Centre back. Centre back. Yeah. And that's where you always want to play, or? No, no one wants to start off as a centre back, do they? <laughs> you just, you just end up there because you're not good enough to play anywhere else. Get in the back. Centre back who can jump. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I got better in my later years, I'd like to let you know. So yeah, that was kind of like my route into football. But it's interesting because we were talking about how we ended up playing and all kids going back then had to travel because there wasn't like you couldn't go and play for warmly rangers because they didn't have a goal set up so i started off at rovers age seven they didn't the nearest age group they had i think was under 12s at the time so i would have been training for years about playing so i made the dreaded move to bristol city at age seven and started playing then because they at that time they had a better structure in terms of they had under 10s 12s 14s 16s the whole way up whereas rovers sort of had like a few youth but it was mainly so, so you left football at seven right and you didn't play a game until you were 11 you say no, no, I would be under 10s. So I, you, so, with women, it's always been... A, because of that participation, it was always a two-year age gap. So in, with boys' football, they would have always played yeah, 10s, 11s, 12s, yeah. 13s. Women's was always under 10s, under 12s. So you were always playing. So you were naturally playing a year up when you were the right. younger ones. So, which made a bit of a... It was sort of challenging then when you'd have more kids that were say 12 that were then going to go up to the under 14s. Yeah. And then your team might be a little bit light because you only had a couple that were younger but that's the sort of transition and I remember one in particular I think it was I must have been under 12s and I the girls that had gone up were then playing 11 side football but I was too young so I think I played and then got called up or they like made a massive fuss out of it they were gonna, it was something stupid they were going to take me to court for playing up because I can remember my mum <laughs> kicking off about it and then I ended up playing in what they had the hot shots league which was around here somewhere which was indoor so me and Jay Bailey then I think we walked everything because we were just too good to be in that age bracket so it was it was a pointless year for me because it was so like you just got on the pitch and you were, I wasn't playing centre back then because it was too easy. And, so, was and I'm still amazed that when you even when you started there was age groups when I started nothing, no. yeah. nothing at all. No. It was you just I left I found a team full of people that worked down the bingo hall. Uh, <laughs> and played. And the first game we played I lo we lost twenty one. 
21, and I scored the one. But apparently, according to our dad, I was about 10 yards off the side. The referee said, <laughs> Two players down the finger wall. Imagine calling out your shirt number. Who's Lexi 11? Here on its own, number four. So, Morris, where, where did, where did the, we go back to the England later on? But where, where did you first structure football could start? Um, and when was it? First structure, probably, was it when I moved to City. I played for Almondsbury, which was one of the best teams about at the time, women's teams in yeah. Bristol. And then that folded. And again. And I when was that, Morris? What, about what year? Oh, early 1800s, probably. <laughs> I was, what was I? I was probably about 27. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm 58, would do the maths. Um, early 1800s. And, and actually, there was the only one team I could play for, which was City, because City was the only club that had a women's team. Yeah. And I'd, feel, I'd played against uh, teams Phil Gold had, had ran before. I was dad, and um, once a year, Almondsbury had, had sort of folded, gave me a ring, and it said, bring Lynn. <sighs> but, but we didn't actually have a choice of where we wanted to go. It was play for City, or ooh, there wasn't yeah. nobody else. So, Rovers weren't in, in existence then, no. were they? No. So we went to City for a bit, and after, I think, two years, that all fell apart a little bit. How many teams were about at the time? Like, you say for City because there's no one else, but who did they play against? We, we'd have to go down to Choro, Warminster, we go... So you didn't play many games on it, I suppose, did you? I mean, we, yeah, we what, we probably played from September till end of March. Right. I, mind you, had lots of cancellations, because yeah. the, the pitches we played on were atrocious. Mm. So, so I went from City, then that folded, and then I went to Newport, because they actually offered to pay me. I'm like, not like I was in it for the money or anything. <laughs> what was it? Three pints and a packet no, of bags. Actually, actually, it was we'll pay your petrol money and your bridge money, but we'll pay you decent mileage on the petrol money. Yeah. But I was the only one getting paid, so. Yeah, it must be good then. So I, I took a couple of the city players with me, but then Lynn went to Southampton then. Who's Lynn? But I had a two year old Armstrong. Lynn Armstrong. Yeah. So I had a two year old daughter. So. Didn't want me to. Southampton want me to go. I mean, you got a two-year-old kid, and I'm like, I can't be doing the training, coming back at two in the morning. I had a full-time job, mm-hmm. so I went to Newport, and then. You better Newport. give her a mention. Who? Becky. Hard back. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. She's back playing actually now. She? Back playing for Boca. Yeah. But wherever Mars went, wherever Mars went, Bex was there. Yeah. Every picture I've got me holding a trophy, there she is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, was it Newport? And then somebody gives a call and said, Rovers were setting up a winners team. Well, I've always supported Rovers, that's my team. So, I basically took most of the Newport team back with me. And we, we set up, not the first Rovers team, but the Gas Girls as it was. Yeah. And who was running that then, Mars? Who ran it? Billy Bond. Yeah. He ran it for a bit. Yeah. And then they belking. Yeah. And I've got to say, discounting you with county games, because I've only seen you now and again, when Billy came, that was the first time I had proper coaching. Yeah. And I was 37 then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's similar in the non-league game wasn't it you didn't get coached no 
you know, we, when we were at Bath, you, you didn't get, Bobby Jones didn't coach us. We just went out and played, didn't we? Yeah. We just got a group of players together, but yeah. yeah. So so I'm gonna go back to, to that era, to, to the Dave Bell era, because his advice to me when I took over in, in 98 was, uh, not 98, 2000 and, uh, uh, 2000 around 2001. You know, around 2002, was Two, it? Yeah. But he said to me, don't compare the women's game to the men's game. Look at it completely different. And that was the best bit of advice I could ever be given. Because I didn't. I treated you as footballers and looked at it as a game of football. Um, and, and Belly and the likes of, you know, you had. Phil Criddle, Jim Weech, and people like that running around behind the scenes. You know, Simon Arnold was a, a big player in, in, you know, pushing women's football. Um, it's, I'm just surprised it's taken this amount of time for it to really take off. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. So, going back to Gas Girls, yeah? Yeah. Where, where did, you know, so, Belly first coaching, what? And we only had Belly for a year, one season, and at the age of 37, what I learned in one season was by having... Was he only there for one year? We only had Belly for one year. God, I thought it was more than that. Well, it was like a year Because I came the season, day. I came and then he left. Yeah, it was like... A, Nothing to do with me, I hope, but... No, like, he was it was like a year and a half. But what I learned in one season by having a proper coach yeah. at the age of 37 was unbelievable. And you let... Then I thought, oh, God. What did he learn you then at 37? I don't know. Because it's like it says, hard to teach a dog all tricks, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? At 37, like I think it's that basic or, positioning. Yeah. Like, it it, it would have been the first time someone would have like gone, stop, stand still, right, this is where you need to be with yeah, the balls here. And, and I think, naturally, I, had, I knew a lot of things just come natural to me. But there was, there was little things of, I can remember, he'd say, stop, can you receive the ball? Can you receive the ball? Can you receive the ball? And... Awareness, and I think a lot of time if you're not coached, mm. you know what you're doing. You're not necessarily thinking about what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, but I just, I just felt I improved as a player in in that year, loads. And I just thought, well, if I, if I would have had that from the age of fourteen. Yeah, but it's nice, I suppose, for you to even take the advice at 37, isn't it? Because sometimes you get in your 30s, but what's he telling me you're doing this one, playing this game? See, I think it's different in the women's game. I was going to ask your opinion on this, because for me, I've coached, well, I've coached mainly women. I've done a little bit of coaching men, but generally women. And, like, women are more of a, they want to learn, so they're keen to learn, and they probably ask more questions women mm. talk more in general, but mm. we probably ask more questions, and we want to know why we're doing it, rather I'm than agreeing, just, you need to go there. Them. Well, why do I need to go there? Because this opens up this. Ah, okay. So I think women probably want to, they want to learn. What would you say? Yeah, no, they were sponges. You know, whether it was the county sides or, or, or the gas girls or, or the gas girls school of excellence, they, they wanted to learn. There was no egos. There was no, well, there was plenty of egos, but there was no... Steph Curtis, just in case you're listening to Steph. <laughs> But, but they, they wanted to learn. Swell Ed. You know, they, they, Swell Ed. That's what we used to call her, Swell Ed. She used to love it as well. Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> but, but, but they were soups. They wanted to learn, you know, and... Um, That's great that, for a coach, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd have, you, you'd have your ups and downs, don't get me wrong. But um, When you'd make us run, they were pretty down. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> 
remember doing my coaching badge with Tony. We'd had our end of season do on the night before, and we were back to do part of the coaching badge the next morning, and you made us do edit practice. Did I? For about 20 <laughs> fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> With a bag of Eddie. <laughs> right, we're just going to do a bit of Eddie now. <laughs> yeah, but going back to, to, to the... To, yeah, they, they wanted to learn. They, you know, there was no ifs and buts about it. And never, never... Well, they did moon, but they just got on with it. The rumours done well then, though, didn't they? Well, we did really well in the, the season that you I don't know if it's your first season or my, no it's second season because the first season we finished second to, Ful, to Fulham yeah. so, and that was our first year we'd been promoted into that league, league. Is that? that was the Southern so, so you had so it's like, it was like a diamond league so basically because oh. what Fulham weren't anything special like Arsenal women were always phenomenal yeah. Fulham were nothing really special but a bit of money come in and that's the difference if you put money in then you, the club like the team that you would build overnight because the best players in Europe basically because they had so many foreign I think, players I it think just, at that time though as well every woman that played football wanted to be a professional player mm. and Fulham all of a sudden said we can make you a professional footballer they were paid a wage was the first yeah, time they were actually they paid trained. a wage I mean I know we, we got paid per game at Rovers but you know they were paid to train every day as professional players whereas we still had, or some of us that still had to go work you know, some of you just went to college and scythed a little bit <laughs> I wouldn't call it scything <laughs> like you'd moan because you had one lecture the next day you know some of us had to be up at half past six and go work <laughs> so that, that, that was at the time so the gas girls were launched in 98 and Built in college or SGS is whatever you want to call it, came in in 2005. Um, if my stats are right, I have been known to get them wrong. You have many times, but um, yeah, that was that was when it happened, um, and they allow girls to, you know, get a qualification, do some education, do full time training. Um, so it was the right steps I think I was the first year that they did the intake actually yeah because I can remember I think you were there do you remember we had that picture taken on, on the field that was it was now the college I think we'd gone there we, I don't know I remember Cripsy being there I remember Dunny being there yeah and left I think Cripsy and Dunny stayed and we had that you were in the photo we had that picture taken with just like the blueprints of the ground yeah, right. <laughs> they must have yeah. just stuck in it take a picture and we're like yeah okay but I was the f I think I was the first intake there and like I played football I can't really remember anyone that made it into the first team apart from me originally but within a few years the standard of then of the college girls was good enough where a few of them were starting to break into the first team so it started to really get the ball rolling in terms of bringing players through from a younger age rather than just attracting the best players from all around yeah we, we, we you know due to the college setup we we managed to set up a school of excellence which was you know backed by the fa um and it helps you know give, give the younger girls pathways to come through you know from through 10s, 12s, 14s, 16s. Nat Holbrook was one that come through, wasn't she? Yeah, Nats. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others. That Alex Windell came through that system. Yeah. She went on to do quite well. Yeah. Um, later on. I'm trying to think of some others that have kind of skipped my mind. So where are Rovers now then? They're football teams. Well, you're the city well team. Rovers are Bristol City. Oh, is it? So if you speak to anyone, we'll, we'll get our little horns up about it because yeah. Bristol City are 
and were the Gas Girls. So we were the Gas Girls, Bristol Rovers. We then changed to Bristol Academy under links from Filton College, which yeah. I didn't I didn't mind so much with that one because I'm like they're helping us without that. But then it went straight to Bristol City, and that was one where I was like. I'm gone. I was at the school. I was still coaching at the School of Excellence, and I was like, <laughs> I ain't wearing a city kit again. I stopped coaching. <laughs> so there's no like team that actually called Bristol Rovers leaders at the moment. Yeah. They only they, recently. I want to say three. Is it three or four years they started yeah. it back up? Yeah. Right. So, 2016, Bristol City took took the whole shooting match over, and Steve Lansdowne, in all fairness to him, as, and his wife, um, has been great supporters of women's football. And that goes back to Dennis Dunford and his wife, Jeff Dunford and Sharon, uh, Simon Arnold. That you know, they all stuck money into into women's football and helped, you know, pioneer, promote it, whatever you want to call it. But you know, there, there is a lot of people involved. Like I signed you from City, didn't I? If you remember. Yeah, I remember my mum. Oh, one point two million. Should we, go for, should we go for that little story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mum's. Hello, mum. If you're listening, my mum's very Julie loud. Hutt, for, those, for those of you that don't know, it's Julie Hutton. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I played, I was at City and I was playing county football, and Ian Thompson, Tomo, wanted me to play for Somerset. So at the time, my mum went to Jack and told him that basically Jack City manager at the time if if he didn't dual sign Bristol City as a club with Somerset affiliation that, that I was basically going because I could play county level football because he came after me first so that's what happened I went and played for Somerset I think I was 14 and then you were you must have been doing Gloucester then yeah. at that time so Rico then I don't know how you found out about me but found out about me and then was not happy that I wasn't playing for Gloucester so my mum Staring up at, at Rico, because she's about four foot nothing, um, gave him two barrels about he should go out there and do his own scouting and find me early, I think, was something along those lines. There might have been a few Fs here and there. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, yeah, a couple of years after I came, well, because I came over to Rovers when Belly was there, and then literally as Belly was there, I think I did a little bit of pre-season with Belly, and then he was gone, and then you'd come in. So we were kind of like, my mum was like, oh, that, that Rico, I had to go in. But to be fair, you didn't hold it against me, so I'll take that. <laughs> so, Marsh, you, you were obviously playing for the county, played for Southampton, Gas Girls, you know. What was it about Gas Girls? What was special about it? I don't because know. I, do you know what? The season we got to the semi-final, yeah. I mean, we were three leagues below Arsenal yeah and the feeling we had with that group the England players that's just won the Euros I got the feeling they had that feeling because we just played and it wasn't for the fact of the talent of our players we had a team yeah and we played as a team we did everything as a team and that was a, such a really special feeling you get that and that was under belly wasn't that it that was under belly and, and that was the first time Rovers made the semi-final against Arsenal and Arsenal were the business yeah you know. and you think yeah we only lost 3-0 to them really and I remember they they applauded us off the pitch which was you know we mm. we all looked up to Arsenal you know Arsenal were the best team in the country and where do they play their games Arsenal our, our training pitches yeah. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So decent little grounds then. Yeah. And most of their goals. So you said when you started off, it was crap pitches. Not I mean, some of the pitches. I swear, it was just 
they chopped some cows off of it. Yeah. But some of them, they were like this. Mm. It was like just mark a pitch out on a hillside somewhere. Yeah. And the referees were always about 92, <laughs> with bandy legs and Eric Morgan shorts. <laughs> and I, but then thinking back, I'm thinking, well, why the hell would he want to go and referee a women's game in the middle of nowhere That's with no quit. changing rooms? <laughs> we did get changed in the car because there was no change. It, it yeah. was a field. Yeah. Somewhere, normally miles away from anywhere. And quite often we did have to shoot sheep off, and they would just wander back onto the pitch during the game. <laughs> Even the, we played at the beaches, didn't we? Because the Dunford's own in the beaches, and that was the red red clay. Oh, we back. were talking about yeah. that on the way over, and we were saying, <laughs> do you remember, like, it was the... the Sometimes we would train, we would we would basically use the light from the five-a-side like pitches to train, train right next to it. At the back of it. So that we could prolong training. <laughs> like, that's just And mental, that's like, I remember a couple of weeks when Betty was in charge, we couldn't get into St Brendan's Hall, where we used to train in the winter. And we train running around the cars in the car park. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not moaning about it. Uh, you imagine today's yeah. player, not a chance. So, highlight-wise? FA Cup. Get, or get into the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah. 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 Because we always overachieved, really. Because I think as a club, they got their three times in like four or five years yeah, yeah. so it yeah. was massively overachieving for the sort of Actually, the budget my, that we had i think my favorite game was the quarterfinal against aston villa at the mem yeah oh yeah. swellhead scored didn't she well done steph yeah but <laughs> the third minute wasn't it for it i the aston villa players i added the ball from the corner and she added my head and can you remember my nose was over here somewhere it always was i remember <laughs> another game where you played and you'd got You've clashed heads, and when I say you had like an egg head, like the size of an egg, do you remember that? You, you were managing, and it was just Chelsea. across your forehead. And I was yeah. like, she ain't never gonna. And like, Mars was always really good in the air, and I was thinking, she ain't never gonna head it. And no, she did with this massive lump. Yeah, I mean, now you get pulled off because straight so away. What, did you play, Morris? What? I was always a centre forward, and then yeah. as I got older, I came back into midfield, and then as I got older again, sometimes certain people yeah. in the back. Next to her. because you said like you used to run around the kids when you was young, that were boys and that. And that usually a centre back or a defender doing that, is it? It's usually uh, the striker or a yeah. tricky midfielder. Yeah. Mars, uh, Mars could play anywhere. Yeah, she could play anywhere, any, any any position, and whatever you asked her to do, she would do. I've never known a player play with so many injuries in my life. <laughs> and Stuart's today with a broken arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and as brave as they come, as brave as they come. I know that are stupid. I wonder the other Mars. I'm not going there. But it's great just to hear the, the teams that you play against, isn't it? Like, you know, I, I might mention like you know going down Barnstable or Port Rovers or reading them off Chelsea, Arsenal, Fulham. You know, it's brilliant, isn't it? Just to right. to play football against teams of that stature, isn't it? But some of the some of the trips, Charlie the monkey driving the bus. Remember when we played Everton in the cup? Everton. Is that when we, pa we passed Chester Zoo we about seven Chester, times yeah. on the way home? Get yeah. yeah. It, I think we got it him. It that direction. I passed two in the morning. And, and then he went to go to Wells. Yeah, yeah so we'd like, it's, it's taken us hours to get home. Yeah. And, and we're like, Charlie, last, Charlie we've been past this signpost four times now. No, we haven't. Yeah, we have. 
Yeah. He missed he, the M4 turn off and was heading towards Wales. Well. Yeah, he and yeah. I remember Kath Morgan who was sat at the back of the bus and she, she was doing a running countdown. I've been on this bus for six hours! And then like 10 minutes would go up. I've been on this bus for six hours in 10 minutes! She was fuming. Yeah. But that sort of like started to kickstart us off when the Welsh players come over actually. Because you had the likes of Claire Calf, Aisha, um, Vinny, Mush. When they sort of come over, like we went from being that team that always had a drink after training. Yeah. And then we sort of started bringing in, um, not better players, but players that had come, like obviously been coached at younger age, like Mush and Vinny were decent young players. I still uh, have to train. And before the games, wouldn't it? <laughs> and, um, no, never before. It again. just sort of started pushing the level up. Because I must admit, they were professional in terms of like their attitude. They used to moan a lot. They're just a mouth, I think. But they just the Welsh and just had a big mouth. Yeah. You they, must have seen it, you know, push on there in the standard, in the, like you said, professionalism, you know, as you as it grew the game, surely, am it? Yeah. I mean, we were talking on the way over, and Lou said to me, you know, what the, the opportunity this kid's got now, what if we would have had that? And I said, you know yeah. what? I don't, I think if I was a kid now, I would have loved it because that's all I would have ever known. But say, take me back. 35 years ago when I was still playing and dropped me into this situation now, I'd have just gone. But we've had that in blokes as well, haven't we, Tony? Saying it. There was no academies when we were younger. You would have got spotted playing a game and you got took to another team, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I can remember. Got a trial. We didn't have a game. Tony was manager of, of Rovers and we had training at Beaches and me and Hendy turned up a bit late and we're like, where is everybody? And we'd stopped at Mackie D's. And my woman at first, she's down the back. And we wandered around with our McDonald's bags and he's there. <laughs> This is a nutritionist from Canada. No, that's what I'm Thanks a large place, please. There's some names being mentioned here, and, and you know, the likes of Lucy Endy and Helen Dan and uh, Sue Young and Kath Morgan and all them. They were the different, you know, especially the Welsh girls, because they've been involved in the international setup, haven't they, with yeah, girls yeah. and everything else. And, and, and they've brought that extra little edge to, to us which gained us promotion and, and, and went where we went to you know one of my favourites was uh, one of my stories is first overnight away trip and I said no drinking it was like a bomb had gone off well, no drinking we always drink <laughs> well, what, what was the game when Danny was like Craig David? Was that that one away trip? Was that it was Manchester? Was that, uh, that was pre-season in Manchester. And 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 that so again going from that like semi-pro to, to or you know from not being paid to the semi-pro bit to to changing the the, the thinking in the levels and the, everything else. Well, yeah, I think, I think you said be done. no drinking and in your rooms by ten. Did I say yeah? You said didn't have to go sleep at ten, but in your rooms at ten. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of rebellion there. Oh, it went bit. down not very well. <laughs> Did you let us pick our rooms? Um, I might give that to Gary Green, Charlie the Monkey. Because I remember, I can remember with other clubs I've been away, and some clubs let you pick your rooms, other clubs didn't. And it was always an interesting I, I think, one if you weren't allowed to pick I think your me rooms. and Hendy were only given a ground floor room once. Because we got out of the window. 
just remember one of the away trips. But the funny thing is, back the away trips, we'd go obviously go up the night before. Doncaster Bells was always an away one. Oh, like you would wear your own clothes. So you'd wear your own clothes on the Saturday traveling up because you wanted to save your tracksuit for the match day yeah. and coming home. And like now, you can't even imagine. I don't know Arsenal women or Bristol City like they would 100% be in their attire the whole time there would oh, yeah. never Different be a case of you go yeah. yeah yeah I mean I can't believe like I said our bet plays for Boca how many kits they got they got yeah. a kit for this they got a kit now they've got a pre-season kit mm. what's that about they got a, a training kit a warm-up kit a kit kit, kit a travelling <laughs> a travelling <laughs> to games kit um, yeah. and if you don't wear them all you get fined you better wrong, in the wrong order yeah, but the washing gear's <laughs> nice. It's terrible. I think when we played against Doncaster Bells, we'd gone up there and somehow, between the secretaries, it was messed up, so we couldn't wear our kit because they were oh, catching yeah, us. And we ended up wearing, they just had a, a men's kit, a yellow kit, knocking about. We ended up wearing that kit. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely hanging off you. Oh, can you imagine me at So I've got I, no idea what, yeah. what um, team it was. Imagine me at age seven. So I didn't have a, they didn't have a kid's kit. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Drowning and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was always like that. You always wore a men's kit, and it was just usually. And with Rovers, a lot of the time it was like hand me down stuff, yeah. yeah. And it was hang, it was hanging on you. Is Doncaster Bell still going? They were a famous team, weren't they? No, they folded. They folded, yeah. If, or, or they folded at the start of the Super League because that was the massive um, controversy, wasn't it? Because they, they were like to go in and they weren't accepted. Yeah. So that was a massive like thing because they were always massive in the women's game. Yeah, and big Doncaster Bells were a that. big name. And it was because they weren't accepted because the standard of their pitch and their ground went up to spec, I think. And they wanted and you to all, be linked to men's teams. It was also to do with yeah. the affiliation to yeah. a men's team because the FA were looking for a men's team to support it because the financial backing wasn't there to, to actually support the women's teams. Anyway. So... Give us a story. Come on. What, some uh, about you? No. <laughs> no. It's not about me. It's about you and your players and your teammates. Marsh, you said about that Arsenal game. Yeah. You know, that first first thing. And Dave asked you what was special about it, and you said about the England stuff. There's got to be a story around that somewhere. Well, I can remember before that, before we played the Arsenal game, don't know who paid for it, it must be Movers, we went to Longley. It's the centre parks for a training camp. Did you come on that? No. no. And that was the most, <laughs> the funniest three days. Um, of course, we had the like we were in cabins like you in centre parks, and it was just the roundabout when Blair Witch came out. So we're in like three or four different cabins. So we go and start making all these little stick dollies and putting them on people's pillows. <laughs> and then somebody, I think it might have been Hindi, said, "I know, let's got an idea. Let's go and kidnap Dunny." <laughs> so this is Lucy Hendy and Helen Dunn. Right. And Dunn is only about this big, right? And she was actually gone to bed, and we'd just gone in with this blanket, chucked her over her, picked her up, dragged her out into the woods, left her in the middle of the woods, thinking it was absolutely hilarious. And, and then we'd do a training session, and because it was, we were getting a bit of press coverage and, and whatever, and I was the captain, and they wanted to speak to the captain after the training session. And we went to bed, he was the captain. And he said, Smoke coming from over there. It's probably over there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it was the whole build up to it. We were having a bit of press coverage, which, which was nice. The, the, 
the team unity, even with the players that knew they probably weren't going to get on, they were fringe players. Everybody, it was ju- it was just a fantastic atmosphere. That's Never been. We've said it plenty of times on your app. Even our football, what got us through, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, your mates on the pitch, mates off the pitch. And to be fair, it sounds like you had the banner. To me, not being involved in football, that's the thing I miss probably yeah. the most. I love football playing, but it was the bit after, wasn't it? All yeah. the banner were in the changing rings. Yeah. And then that's what we said before, so we do this, isn't it? Yeah. We so. did this, yeah, when it when roll ground. So you played international football hubs. Yeah. And then I got injured and pretty much retired. <laughs> yeah, I got picked up. I was I can remember going to so I I always did the school of excellence, so I was lucky where my generation the school of excellence was available. So I was always at City School of Excellence. And then they used to, because they wouldn't go out doing scouting, they would basically do like regional camps. So they'd get Devon, Cornwall, Somerset, Gloucester. I think maybe Hampshire might have been in that as well. And we'd all get together, play like little tournaments and they'd have the England scouts there watching. So it was a way of seeing the best mm. players of the Southwest. Mm. But up until I think, well, no, like hardly any Southwest players ever got in until Rachel McArthur went to Fulham. Did she get picked up? So she never got picked up playing in the Southwest. And then me and Jay Bailey got picked up within a couple of years of each other. That's so we Steve were the f- Bailey's so we were the first ones that actually got picked up and was on a camp playing for a Southwest team. Which was it was interesting when you're on the camp because they sort of the other team like you were. <sighs> You were very much like an outsider, so they had terrible clicks then. You'd have like all the London girls would be sat together, you'd like that, the Normaners, and they'd just be like me and Jay just sort of like <laughs> sat there chatting to each other. And I can remember one when they were talking about, I can't remember what team it was, it might have been Tramier Rovers, they were playing against us on the weekend, Bristol Rovers. And I can remember them having a conversation, they were like, oh yeah, because they've got, they've got two teams, haven't they, in Bristol? And i like, my blood's boiling, so I'm like, yeah, obviously they've got two teams. And then they were like, yeah, I think they play in red. And I'm thinking, no, we play in blue, we play in blue. When you just sat there just like looking at me thinking you arrogant little sods but it was just because they yeah they like teams like players from the southwest just didn't generally get a look in it was even when i was still playing it was or certainly earlier on when i was playing you had no chance of getting picked for england unless you played for a london team yeah no chance mm. didn't even bother coming down having a look and a good 15 20 years later it was the same sort of story because unless you played and like, i only got picked up because we were playing arsenal in the semi-finals of the fa cup and I had an all right game I was marking. I think it was Ellen, was her name Ellen White or Ellie White? She was a little blonde-haired girl. Can't remember, but I, I did all right against her. And then I'd gone back to college, didn't really think nothing of it. And I think it was either the Tuesday or the Wednesday, I had a phone call. And I'd just gone for a McDonald's. So I'd gone for a McDonald's. <laughs> and an hour later, we get a phone call. I get a phone call saying, you've been picked up to go to England. And I was like, what? Because the game, the game had happened on the Sunday. This was in the week. So my dad in Monkey drove me. I, I can't remember where it was, but drove me to wherever it was. It was like a good two and a half hours away. Get there. The game's going on. So they're playing against Ireland. And Hope is like, go and get changed. So I've literally got there. No warm-up. Got changed. I'm out. Running up and down. Next thing you know, I'm on the pitch. So after the game, I threw up. <laughs> straight away I think it was just like probably the McDonald's coming up to be fair but just like it was just right, so quick when you first joined so you played for England but you had a McDonald's just before I didn't play for England then because technically I was just playing Rovers <laughs> and I was just at college and I, and I never had training I was just hungry <laughs> you just, just signed for Rovers and it was pre-season and she made the mistake of eating ham and, I, ham and chips and that was chips your thing I threw up in there as well 
and then yeah. then she did the beach. I didn't make that mistake again. To be fair. And I was like, the moral is you don't eat almond be checked before you had training. A few beaters when Tim was in charge. Oh, I used to love the running, didn't I? <laughs> love the running. Yeah. yeah. There's another common theme here. Got to be fit to play football. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. First game of the season, Aston Villa at the Mans. We played rubbish. We did play rubbish. But I'm training on Tuesday. Right, you're running. <laughs> uh, I remember thinking, we couldn't pass the ball to each other. Running England make no bleeding difference, <laughs> is it, really? <laughs> My best one is always when we played Langford, like that one, Rico's finest moment. We'd, we'd gone that season to... We'd got promoted. We'd won 18 out of 20... Was it 18 out of 20? And we, we'd only lost to Langford twice. Every other game we won. And I remember it was the, it was the away game. And um, <laughs> me and Mars were playing centre-backs. Yeah, and I was, I was at fault for the goal. So I was only 16 at the time, but it was my fault. <laughs> and I remember going into the change room afterwards and you were going ballistic. And I was trying to take ownership of the fact it was my fault. So I'm like... But it was it was my fault, Rico. This little sixteen-year-old like talking about. Like, but it was my fault because he was blaming Mars, which Mars was involved as well. But it started with me, so I was like, it, it was my fault. And he just turned around, fucking no, it's your fault. Like, go, 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 go. Just try. And then I think you'd kicked like the water bottle. And this is the difference between men and women. Like you'd kick like the water thing over, and it had gone everywhere. And as it's going everywhere, people are grabbing their bags, putting them up because you didn't like clothes to get wear. And you'd literally gone out of the change room, and all of us literally. Oh, the fucking point was that? Like, we were just like, what? Why would you do that? And I had things wear, or our clothes are wear. And it was just that difference between men and women because women sort of don't respond. And there's, there's a few times where male managers have done it, and women just don't respond in the same way to that, like, not macho-ness, but that, like, that anger. We just kind of go, I was saying why to Lou on the way over, one of my favourite stories, we played City at Ashton Gate on a Tuesday night, and everybody was going down with cramp. And I didn't go down with cramp. We came in for two training on the Tuesday. So goes, comes and changes me. Sorry, who didn't have cramp on Tuesday? I'm like, <laughs> he's looking. He's opening up somebody else. Like, uh, anybody else? Anybody else not have cramp on Tuesday? Nobody else. And he went. So why do you think you didn't have cramp on Tuesday? I remember just looking at you, going, nicotine and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Which you didn't find very funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the Langford when I was sulking in the bar as well. When I you wouldn't let us on the you wouldn't let us in the pitch. I don't think was I. You told us all to stay on the pitch, and you you went in the change room, so we all sat there on the pitch. <laughs> and then Monkey had to come and get us when we were allowed back in the changing room. And there was one. Of, was it Barry we were playing? Barry, it was over in Wells anyway. And that was when you made me assistant manager because you couldn't actually speak to the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to them. You're going to have to go and talk to them. It is funny, though, isn't it? Football, how you, it winds you up. I mean, I can remember losing. You, it was horrible, wasn't it, for those few hours. And it's a thing with us. Oh, what you said, I mean, we used to go out after games, didn't we? And then everyone, it wasn't like now, everyone knew the results on the phones and stuff. It was like, yeah. And everyone would know, and it was, it was even worse for the night, wouldn't it? So, we would get rid of it, we were drinking loads, wouldn't it? And forgetting about it, and then getting on to the next one. Right, I've got a question for both of you. Do you think the older players get the recognition that they deserve at this present moment in time? I had this conversation with Gary Green, Charlie the Monkey, and... Um, just recently about you know people like Pauline Cope you know uh, phenomenal keeper yeah. yeah Keith Bonus and people like that 
you know, when he was at Charlton and what he mm. did, in, and you know, we talk about Lynn, Lynn Armstrong earlier. You know, Marianne Spacey to a certain degree, but there's there's lots of old Karen fo- Walker. God, she was bloody hard to mark. Yeah, mm. but I don't. I you you guys started it, you know, and and the, the present generation and nothing stands still are, are reaping the re- rewards from it. You know, but I do, you know, the History Museum, the Football History Museum, I think there should be, you know, a, a bigger section in, in terms of... To be fair to them, those lionesses, they were mentioning all the people yeah. that came before, didn't they? In all their interviews, they were saying, look, this is for all the, the generation yeah. of women before yeah. us on this journey. So they did allude to that a lot, I thought, in their interviews. Yeah, no, and... and on an international level, mm. but yeah. probably domestic, like locally... Probably not. There probably isn't much. You know, yeah. Southampton were the team, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. War- but before that, Warminster. War- when I first started, Warminster were the Arsenal of the day, and their star player who did play for England was Eileen Foreman. Okay. I remember we went to Warminster. They had a proper pitch, like with a little stand and everything, and a coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the small things. <laughs> but they were the first women's team that I played against that had a sponsor. Right. On a kit. You know, it was this coffee place. Warminster must be known for coffee, so what remembers coffee. But they were the team, and they had more of a. I mean, looking at it now, it wasn't a fantastic setup. But from what everybody else had, it was a proper setup. Mm. And and as I said, they were the arsenal of, of when I first started when I was a, a kid, yeah. 11, 12. Um, it certainly kicks on now, though. I mean, it's like you said earlier about the boys wearing women's. Sh- names on the back of their shirts you know you, I, you know, I, I wouldn't I've, I honestly I didn't think I would even see it in my lifetime that women's football would be ex- as successful as what it is I can remember telling my girls I coach at the Salt Wetlands make sure you do well in education because don't think that you can make it as a professional footballer yeah. And that was only oh god what I had been then Man, 18, 19 Steph, I was Steph coaching at the Salt Wetlands with her own name on the back mm. what's that Steph didn't she? she had an Ireland shirt with her own name on the back yeah. <laughs> does that count <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't think it. I didn't think it would kick on as much as what it has in such a short space of time. But I honestly take it back to the Olympics. I think that Olympics was the first time because it was the first time that they would have played in front of thousands. Because yeah. I I watched the game. I got said, remember that semi final against Arsenal? There were, I think we had three and a half thousand at the yeah. men. I'm walking out when you're normally walking out, one man and his dog watching you. Mm. It was God knows what it's like to walk out in front of seventy thousand people. Yeah. But watching that. You know, the lionesses and all that, the, the crowds, it's just different, isn't it? Everyone seemed happy. Do you know what? It, it reminded me of rugby. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good show. It's it, like the atmosphere you get at a rugby game. Because yeah, it's mixed, there's no yeah. home and away. Yeah, there's a lot it's of all children together there, there. families there, family yeah. day out, and it's safe, I, I yeah. suppose, isn't it? I mean, thinking well, football's not as bad, the men's football's not as bad as what it was. But there's still that element of, you know, don't go too close to their fans yeah. out there because they've lost, they might give yeah. you a, a kick in here. So. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it to be honest. I mean, it was edge of the seat stuff, like I said earlier, wasn't it? You know, and hopefully, you know, it kicks on for the next generation because they might win the World Cup. They win the World Cup before the men, I think. Well. I think the challenge is, is transitioning that from the international support, so selling out because they yeah. sold out the game against USA in 24 hours, mm. and then not forgetting, like in Europe, isn't the the three most attended games are women's were women's games. So you had Barcelona, they had two games they played, and then the Lionesses. 
that's across men and women they are the most attended games yeah. so like it shows you yeah. that international level it's got that pool but the challenge is getting those fans to go and watch the domestic the league, women's super league, league. that's the biggest biggest challenge of women's football is, now the, is the english women's league though the biggest league like the premier league is in england for men because i was hearing that no, some are going to buy well, women leon leon have won the champions league yeah i mean three or Spain's four times in the last a four years women's setup. so we're behind them yeah. We're yeah. starting to catch up. But we are getting a lot of the better players now. We're coming, whether we're paying more money than the likes. But then Lucy Bronze has just gone to Barcelona, hasn't she? So. But I was amazed, like, listening to, the, again, the commentary and getting on the game. There's one of the tall one. Um, she's got 162. Jill, Jill Scott. Scott. Jill Scott, 162 caps. But she's still 10 or 12 behind another one, but they got 170 yeah. old cap. That's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's probably getting on for double the England's foot, men's football caps have got, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Unbelievable record. That's out, outfield players. So, you know, so that's a lot I, of games. I, I thought, I, going with, the, with the England thing, I thought the England-Spain quarterfinal was the best women's game of football I've, I've ever seen. Spaniards for their technicality uh, yeah. and their, their ability on the yeah. ball. Um, England for our tenacity and strength and mentality. But I thought that was the best game of the tournament for me. Um, you know, best goal? Yeah. The back heel and the. It was brilliant. But that, like, in the finish from in the final when she went through and just chipped it over the keeper as she ran through. Brilliant. But I think that's one thing in the women's game that is still not quite there. Women goalkeepers, and you'll probably yeah. agree. I that's think, the one thing. So I think on the I pitch it's developed loads. I think the keeper is still that, quite whatever her name Mer- is. Mer- yeah. It's the keepers have improved a lot, but I think at the end of the day, women are still smaller and it's still yeah. full safe goals. So I think there's times when you think, Oh, keeper should have got that actually. Not when you're five foot eight. Yeah. You know, most men keepers are six foot over yeah. six foot. So I think Mary Ops might even be smaller than that because she's smaller than me. Yeah. But she's. But she was because she yeah. played for she's, City. City. But again, yeah. I think with, with keepers, it's quite a technical position, mm. and if you're getting the coaching on your angles and everything else, yeah, then you're going to become better yeah. and you're going to be able to shut things down. Whereas it yeah. was who, who was worst at football went and goal That's yeah you're right, right. Yeah. you're really rubbish on the pitch getting goal yeah you wouldn't say that to young <laughs> what Vizsla <laughs> <laughs> called her Vizsla because she, she really couldn't jump that she, high yeah she couldn't jump <laughs> had a mouthpiece on her but she couldn't <laughs> jump that's great <laughs> so and, and I think another thing from, from the women's game and the games we watched was was no clowning around no diving, no yet. Do you come in? See, I, 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 I feel like the more that the more fans are going to be there watching, the more it might play on. Because when we used to score, you do like a little bit of a celebration, but you wouldn't really do much. Because who are you celebrating to? Like your teammates. Well, there are uh, many watching. If, if we went on away games and we were, it was an overnight away game. Quite often, we would think up things of like if we score tomorrow, we'd make a celebration up. Yeah. I remember one, it was because it was Dunny asked me, he said, she said, Mars, can sheep swim? All right? And I said, 
Yeah, I said, but they can't do backstroke, right? <laughs> so, so Dunnish just gone, can't they? Right? She would have she come from. <laughs> right. This is what used to happen in the room. It's true. It's not that of a hard. So she's so a great character, <laughs> Helen. Yeah. So we said, right. So we score. We're going to do a, a, a sheep swim backstroke. And we scored, I scored, I think. So we all ran over, but we forgot to tell the rest of the team. So there was me, Danny, and Hendy on our back doing this. <laughs> and everybody else just looking at us, going, what are you doing? I was going to see this impression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, and, and, and the officials. You know, there was no, no back chat to the officials. I thought the officials were good. Yeah. I really I, did. But I think all the time I've been playing it, Apart from Steph, maybe we never used to fall over. You know, <laughs> it was it, it one in our nature. You you could get real clattered, and you try and stay on your feet, or I certainly yeah. I would. It wouldn't enter my head to go down. And I think I don't know if perhaps that's a woman thing. I don't know. Because in all all the time I've been playing, and a lot of times I've been playing with with the blokes a lot of time is to get an advantage though isn't it they make out they've been tripped yeah. to dive to get a free kick or a yeah. penalty you know so I mean, it's just a bit too honest at the moment yeah. but it's like what you said earlier about rugby though isn't it it's that discipline in, in that isn't it you back chat you don't get it in rugby because they get punished don't they yeah. Yeah. so perhaps it'll be that in the blokes football a bit more Man, I remember Steph getting voted for going and saying to the referee draft, if you're having a draft. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that, the tolerance, though, in women's and men's football was a massive difference because oh, we yeah. would get booked for saying, you're having a draft, and well, you can quite clearly see yeah. what men would say week in, week out in the yeah. Premier League, and nothing would happen. But women, you couldn't even you couldn't even swear at yourself. Well, that Jill Scott did in the final, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think fair play. Fair play in that moment. I was with her. You give it to Yeah. That's what. One little story to finish off. Rick putting you on the spot. We'll ask you. Oh, another question in a second anyway another story I can remember one when we went to Ireland and we were coming back on the ferry and it was when there was hand foot and mouth and they had the little sheep dip sheep dip didn't they and someone next to me <laughs> decided <laughs> it would be really good to, were you supposed to be jumping over it or in it I said I, I don't know I've just got this thing I want to jump in the sheep dip <laughs> which she did but she ended up in her ass on her ass in the sheep dip <laughs> and then on. we were on a minibus with her for how many hours so Hendy said Mars look grey horses and I'm never going yeah grey horses she went they paint them don't they and I'm like what she went well there ain't no real grey horses they paint them <laughs> Oh. Who said that? Hendy. <laughs> we were coming back on that ferry. We must have been the only people that missed the... With Alfred Belly, so that was just before we'd gone. We'd missed the ferry going out and I'm coming back. back. That's a good... And Nessie had her GCSEs. Vanessa Lee. So yeah. we had to get back, and like, we got back. It must have been early hours, four or five o'clock. She had to go like get straight ready, to go straight more. to school. To <laughs> exam. And she was a bright girl as well, Ness. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> You don't want to miss a ferry going up there and back, though, do you? That was good, yeah, though. We had a minibus, I think, go over 40. <laughs> so, your best player? Played with? Oh. Either one of you. <laughs> it's, a cho- it's a choice, I suppose, between, as a defender, would be Lynn, Lynn Armstrong. Yeah. And much like to say this, Steph. 
<laughs> Steph Curtis. Ah, she's very, t- very talented. talented. Yeah. Uh, yeah, annoyingly, you probably I would have to probably say Steph was definitely up there. Um, Jade. Bailey. No. No. Um, Steph. Like, the things with Steph, and she could hit a ball like a man, and that's like a compliment of giving it to like the power that she had in her shot was unbelievable. Um, but I sort of like when when the Americans come over. And they were playing. I wasn't playing, so I probably—I can't remember Lulu's surname, but she was an unbelievable. Like when we had those Americans come over, Lulu was unbelievable. Um, Megan Burke was phenomenal in goal. Like the size of her. Were you were you there then? Uh, I can remember having some Americans just just call her Wooden Forest because they could run. They could run. They were great. And like the funny thing is with the Americans is a, f- a few of them were quite religious. So before our games, we would let them speak. I was definitely there then, yeah. Speak yeah. in the huddle, and yeah. they would give a prayer before the game. And I would, like, some of them, and, like, if you're listening, sorry, but some of them, they would say it, and it was like, we'd like to... No, I don't know. I think Thank I God for this green grass. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, we're trying to get hyped up to play football. But they were, like, yeah, their fitness was unbelievable. Yeah, their fitness. I remember the first time they did a training session with us at the beaches. We finished training. And they'd gone into the bar as normal. And I had a bottle of Bex. And she went, gee, you drink? <laughs> and then I little fag up and she went, gee, you smoke? <laughs> That's what they French. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen and Harry's as well. After I didn't, I didn't play with them because I was out injured. But Gwen was an unbelievable player, and she was sort of like she went from us to Everton, and then oh, did actually, her did I her ACL. I got to say Rachel as well, Rachel McCarthy. Yeah, she's decent. You've got a few of her at City. Give a few mention there, haven't you? Yeah. Most difficult opponent. Fulham when they were professional. <sighs> Player wise, I, I struggled with that how Norwegian that played for Fulham. Yeah, because she only scored four that day. Yeah, yeah, but somebody put me in a marker. Cheers. Oh, I didn't matter what you do. You couldn't honestly. You couldn't get close to them. Yeah, it was so demoralising. <laughs> really was. Anything else you'd like to share? No, not really. Just got to say, wasn't always pro, but I had a blast when I was playing. And uh, I hope the youngsters now, because now it's getting more and more professional, that the the fun don't grow out of it. That's a good point. You know, because I was thinking, you know, yeah, the opportunity is now, but Mm. I'm always glad I'm not there now. Yeah. I'd like to give a little shout out to the fans that used to always come watch us. Sheila, my mum and dad, Sheila, Kelly, yeah, Sheila's husband Derek. Just like, and I, the reason why I say that, because our family kind of, they're gonna watch you, but mm. they had no connection with any of the players. They're not no relatives, and the only reason why they started coming to watch us was on the back of Bristol Rovers, and they were such mm. strong Bristol Rovers loyal fans that they'd always come and watch us. They stopped funny enough when it went to Bristol City, but they used to come on the coach with us as well. And that's yes, the funny thing. When we'd have away trips and we were going to like Arsenal, those fans would be on the coach. And I think I think my dad used to charge him a fiver or something, and then that would like go towards or help him with kit or something yeah, else. That's nice, isn't it? Man, we mustn't forget our contribution to the programme. 
What were you used to do? Oh, Hatton's homepage. I got injured and I was injured for bloody ages. I was always injured. So I actually did the programme. So I used to do the programme. My uncle Bill used to print it. So I always used to do Hutton's homepage and I used to just basically slag people off in it. But like, or some of the funny stuff that had happened in the week I'd put in there. So I can remember once, Steph always used to like moan when she'd get tackled all the time. Steph so I photoshopped a picture of her with um, triplets and I put her face on the triplets and I put... she went down it was like she, the noise she made was like she was giving birth <laughs> yeah and then you did Dina's diary Dina's yeah. diary but the picture you gave me actually I probably look like it now there's grey hair with a fan in it well it's a bit banter isn't it yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like we said our families were heavily involved yeah, in our careers yeah definitely and yeah mm. Lou, thanks for taking the time and coming and speaking to us. Yeah, Welcome. nice to meet you. Enjoy the and Mako winging it. Thanks very much indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye.